Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? Man, I think this is the last hot day for like a couple days at least. So we're looking forward to that cool weather tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good today. Hey, man, hasn't God been so good this morning in your worship? Thank you, worship team, for leading us. Thank you for the table. Uh, I'm super excited to be here this morning, and I haven't preached, it feels like, in a year. So you got a, I got a lot stored up. You're going to get it all today, all right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's going to be a good day today. And so I do have a couple of announcements and things to bring your attention to before I get into the Word today. Um, to, I just want you to let you know about a conference that we're holding in September called the Be Beautiful Conference. And so we have a quick video to kind of tell you about what goes on and what to expect. So go ahead. Come on out, grab your daughter, and let's have some fun. There you go. There you go. All right. So sign up for that. It's going to be a good conference. Also, a couple things to uh, bring to your attention today. If today's your first time here, you've been here for a long time and haven't had the opportunity to connect with us, I say this every week, we would love to get to know you. And the chairs in front of you is your little QR code. You can scan that with your, it's kind of fun to scan things, right? You can scan that with your phone. Uh, it's going to bring up a link tree for you. There's going to be lots of things you can click on. But the one thing we would love for you to click on is connect. If you click on that tab, it's going to bring up a little electronic form for you to fill out. Uh, if, if you send that to us, we'll send you a gift in the mail and get you more information about the church as well, just for showing up today. So thank you for being here today. I want to pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. Father God, I thank you for what you're going to do today. God, I thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we've all experienced throughout this summer. God, as we walk into September, God, we're better people. And Father, I, I pray that we would stay free, that we would learn to live free. God, I pray that this message today on how to live free, how to stay that way, God, would just speak to us. Lord, I know you spoke to me through it, and I pray that it would just help all of us to see the signs that we're not walking in freedom, and you've given us the tools and the authority to overrule all of that, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to get right into the passage of Scripture today. I have Galatians chapter 4. We haven't done this in a while, so you're going to stand with me as I read the Word of God today. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. You can get that in your Bibles or you can look up on the screen. I'm going to read it for you. Formerly, 
When you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. Lord, I pray this message would penetrate the hearts of the people today. Lord, I pray that we would, uh, the labor that we put into this would not be in vain. Lord, I thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may have a seat. So uh, if it's your first time here, maybe you don't know what we've been going through for the summer. We've been walking through a series called Free by Fall. And our hopes is that we're all walking in freedom by September or October, whenever fall temperatures get here, right? Then we're going to be walking in freedom by the end of this series. And so many of you are. And so many of you have found freedom. We've walked through strongholds. We've, we've, we've broken down strongholds. We've, we've found root spirits in our life and removed those things. We've, we've talked about generational curses and how to break those. Uh, we, we've went to the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus in your life, it's not going to matter about any of this stuff. And then we talked about the hard one, forgiveness. Forgiveness is key to all of this. And so there's many things that, that, that we walk into in this freedom series. And I want you to know that everything that we walked into during this series, Jesus already done. He's already finished it. He's already accomplished it. All we're doing is learning how to walk into it. And our fear is, is this, is the same as Paul's fear in the Galatian church. I fear that our work has been in vain because these people in the Galatian church Paul is writing to started to walk right back into the thing that was had them in slavery before. There's a Proverbs, Proverbs 26, 11, that says this, like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. How many times have you seen people, they get free or they experience God, and then what happens to them? A year later, they're right back in the, in, in the pit. They're right back where they started. They're even probably even worse off than what they started. And our, our hope, our prayers that we stay free, that we live free, that we keep walking in the freedom that God has given to us. And our prayer for you and for, for me is that we keep walking in that. And our tendency is kind of to go back to our vomit. It's a sick, it's a nasty little proverb. It's very vivid, but it's true. How many of us go right back to the thing that kept us bound and kept us in chains. Our fear is that you will, and our hope is that you won't. And here's the thing that I've discovered. We've talked about these people just a second ago that they get free, they find freedom, they find salvation, they, they get baptized. I love it when people get baptized. I love it when I hear about people getting baptized in the Spirit. I love it when, when I hear about people uh, walking in their God-given purpose. I love hearing that. But what really matters more than all of that is that we continue walking through this faith journey all through our lives, that we don't give up, that we don't just keep our salvation and say, well, I'm good, that we don't get wet, <laughs> we don't get baptized in water and say, well, I'm good, that we don't get filled with the Spirit and say, well, I'm filled with the Spirit, now what? And then you go right back to the thing that kept you captive. God has called us all to live in freedom, to walk in freedom and to be freedom. So why would we subject ourselves back to the things that held us captive? The word that Paul uses in this Galatian letter is the word when he talks about going back to the elementary principles. 
And if you look in all the translations of the Bible, you're going to see that little phrase reworded differently because that word is a Greek word. I like to teach you Greek, and I'm probably going to, I should have Cliff tell me the, the right pronunciation, but it's stoichen. That's more like Slavic. I don't know what I said there. Huh? Stokia. There we go. Not even close to what I said. Stokia. Okay, it means elements. It means like the very bare principles, right? It also means principles, but it also means elemental spirits. And see, these people, these were pagan believers that he's writing to in the Galatian church. And he's afraid that they would go right back to the things that kept them captive. The elemental spirits, the things that they worshipped were going to capture them and bring them right back. And I think so many of us, we, we can do the same thing. Like we find freedom in Christ, but yet we go back to something else, thinking that's going to bring us something that God can't. Come on, how many of us look at astrology? How do how of us read our horoscopes? How many of us buy I'm just I'm not like poking at you. I'm just saying this is what we do as believers. I think, oh, God's good, but maybe this will give me what I need. Maybe this will bring me some freedom. Maybe this will really take care of what I need to be taken care of. But really, Jesus is the only thing that can take care of those things. Let's not walk back into those things. Let's not go back and worship those elemental spirits, as Paul says. Let's walk in freedom. But like I said, I see this over and over in the church. I see people get free and then walk back into slavery. There's a principle that Jesus talks about in Scripture. He tells this parable about the sower. I'm gonna, I don't know how many of you know the parable of the sower? Jesus goes out and he says the, the kingdom is like a farmer. He goes out and he's spreading seed. And the seed, some of the seed falls on the path and never really takes root. Some of the seed falls on rocky soil and, and it can't really dive down deep. Some of the seed grows up and then weeds choke it out. But some seed falls on good soil and it produces a crop. And so with this, with this parable, you can see that usually, and, and then I'm, not just, I'm just saying it from this parable, this may not be proper uh, statistics, but from this parable, you can see one in three. One in three kind of walk this thing out. One in three hear the words of God and they, and they produce something in their life and they learn to walk in freedom. If we're not careful and we don't, if we don't realize what, what God is planting in our hearts and we don't tend the soil of our souls, then the things that God put in us will not blossom. The problem isn't the seed. The seed was good. The farmer was throwing the seed out which represents the word of God, the problem was the soil. And so if we as believers need to guard our soil, we need to make sure that what God puts in us has a chance to grow roots and to blossom and to produce fruit in our life. If we don't, then as the parable says, God tries to give something to us. The enemy comes in, he swoops it, he swoops in. He says, birds come in. And they steal the seed. If you look in scripture, birds also talk about demons or the devil. The enemy comes in, he steals it immediately. How many of you got a word from God? Like, it's, it's like you hear it, but you don't receive it. The enemy came in and he stole it. And then the seed falls on the rocky soil. And there's so many rocks it can't grab roots. And so the sun comes out and burns it. The elements destroy it. How many of us have had a word from God and it got deep in our soul a little bit and we're like, oh, that's good, that's awesome. You spring up quick, 
It's like, boom, God is great. God is amazing. And three weeks later, God, you hate me. Life is hard. The sun's beating down on me. The elements are taking over me. I'm, I'm going to walk away from faith. And I'm going to get rid of that word. How many of us are like the soil that was planted among the weeds, the weeds of life? Things come up and they choke out the life that God put in you. We have to tend our soil. If we don't tend our soil, then we can't receive all that God has for us. And not only that, we won't produce the fruit that he's got for us to produce. As the proverb said, like a dog returns to his vomit, so does a fool who returns to his folly. Let's not be foolish. And so you may be saying here, man, uh, I kind of went back to those things. Like I, I experienced some freedom at the beginning of this series. Maybe you've, you've known Jesus for a long time and maybe you're in here and you haven't been in church in a long, long time and you haven't experienced Christ in a long, long time. You haven't prayed in a long, you haven't opened your Bible in a long, long time, but there was a moment in your life that God was so real to you. God was so amazing in your life. God was, he was there, he was present. You knew he was there and then something happened. Maybe the enemy stole it. Maybe the weeds choked it out. Maybe the sun burned it up. But now you're standing in there going, man, I'm right back where I started. How do I get back? And here's the beautiful thing. All you got to do is turn around and come back to him. All you got to do is turn around and come back to him. If you're still alive, there's still time. If you're still, if you're still alive, you still have time to come back to him. My life changed when I turned my life around and came to him. You got to repent. That's what the word means. You got to turn around and come to him. That's when my life changed. Because believe me, my soil was pretty rough. But God was tender with me. He tended the soil of my soul. And eventually that seed stuck. And so I want you to know that there is hope for you, even if you don't feel like Jesus is there. Paul gives us hope, and he writes the Galatian church later in the chapter 5. He goes down, and he tells them how to live free. Because many of you are right now saying, man, how do I stay free? How do I live free? How do I walk this out? How do I not let the things of this world come in and steal all that God's done in my life? He says this, but I say, Galatians 5, 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, the, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rain, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, Get his words here. I warn you as I warned you before. Those that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The answer is quite simple. How do we live free? Paul says, be led by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. To be led means to fall in line. It's a military term. To fall in line. When you fall into a rank, 
You're being led by the spirit or you're being led by something else. Paul says the flesh. The word here is sarx, which is the Greek word. And I think I said that one right. It's sarx. It, means, it just means the fleshly part. It's the part of us that just drives us, right? The part that demands the cookie, the part that demands the cupcake, the part that demands things, right? The flesh is always screaming, give me more, give me, give me, I want, I need, I need these things. The flesh is screaming at us, but the spirit is whispering to us. And, it's, and we have to put ourselves under the authority of the spirit. Paul says to walk by the spirit. And so what it, does it mean to walk in the spirit? To walk in the spirit means that you yield to his control. Like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you control of my life. Like, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do what you want. I'm no longer in control. You're in control. I no longer do what I want to do. I do what you want to do. That you follow his lead, meaning wherever he's walking, you're behind him. And you allow him to exert his influence over you. Meaning he's the one influencing your life. Not people, not things, not social media, not your parents. God is influencing you. That's the thing that matters. So to walk in the spirit means that you yield to his control, you follow his lead, and you exert his influence over you. And so how do you know if you're walking in the spirit? How do you know if you're walking in the flesh? It's quite simple. Do you react or do you respond? Do you react to things or do you respond to things? I'm telling you, the flesh only knows how to react. Before I knew Jesus, I reacted at everything. Angry, yell. Had a bad day at work, drink. Right? Anxious, go find some pizza. If I was lonely, I would click on a link. See, that's the part of me that's, give me what I need for now. Give me what I think I want. That's the part of me that's reacting to the world around me, the elements of the world, as Paul says. Do you react or do you respond? The flesh only knows how to react. And so what are the works of the flesh? Paul puts it pretty simply here. Now the works of the flesh are evident. We react. It's evident when we react. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. These are all works of the flesh. These are all things of reaction. These are all reactions from our own desires. Like I said, our flesh screams, give me, I need, I want. And that is a natural reaction from the elements around us. It's just selfishness, period. That is the main problem with mankind is we are selfish by nature. And Paul says to do what with ourselves? To crucify ourselves, to give it all to him, to crucify our flesh. doesn't mean I literally go up to a cross and nail myself to it, but it means all of my desires, all the things that I want, all the things that I think I need, I give back to Jesus and I kill it. And I said, this isn't my life anymore, God, it's your life. This isn't what I want anymore, God, it's what you want. This is crucifying the flesh. This is walking by the Spirit. And I want to tell you, when you walk in selfishness, you will always be in bondage. Always be in bondage. There is no freedom in the flesh. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. But the Spirit, I want to tell you, the, the flesh reacts, but the Spirit causes us to respond. The Spirit 
It's, it's not like the flesh. The flesh screams at us, right? But the spirit whispers. It's like a gentle wind. He comes alongside. He's a gentleman. He'll never force you to do anything. He's there to guide you into all truth. Scripture says where the spirit is, there is what? Liberty. Freedom. Yes. And so those who are walking by the spirit, those who, who fall in line with the spirit and are led by the spirit, something naturally produces in them. They don't react to things of this world. They actually learn to respond to the things of this world because the Spirit is leading them. And what is the natural response for those who are led by the Spirit? Paul would say the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, it's self-control. So you need to ask yourself today, am I reacting or am I responding? And when something comes up against me, am I reacting against this thing? Is, is anger and malice and idolatry and, and immorality starting to ooze out of me? Or am I learning to respond? Or am I, am I letting the Spirit bring out these God qualities in my life? And I know many of you today have started to walk in this, in the spirit, that, that now today even your lives are being more responsive to the spirit, that you're not reacting to the flesh like you used to react. But it's a process. Believe me, there's things still today that, that I react to. There's still things today that I'm learning to let the Holy Spirit lead in. And, and Mike, the same way, I would venture to say that, that we, we, we're not quite perfected yet, but we're being perfected. That's what Jesus says in Scripture and so we have to allow the Spirit to lead us and to let him teach us how to respond. And so here's the thing we need to ask ourselves. Am I being led by the Spirit or am I being led by the flesh? Am I walking in the Spirit or am I walking in the flesh? Am I walking in freedom or am I walking in bondage? And here's how you tell. Am I reacting or am I responding? And the question we need to ask ourselves because sometimes we don't know. <laughs> sometimes I don't know if I'm reacting or if I'm responding. Here's a good barometer. Here's a good test. Is this bringing me life or is this bringing me death? And there's things in your life that you think is bringing you life, but it's really bringing you death. Because in the moment, it feels good. In the moment, it brings joy and it brings happiness and it brings all these things. But it ultimately, it will bring you death. And so you need to have some discernment about what will bring you life and what will bring you death. In scripture, I'm just going to put it this way. Jesus said, taste and see that I am good. We talk about this in men's group a lot. Does it taste good or does it taste like vomit? Does it taste good or does it taste? Because there's things I react to and I'm like, oh, that tastes nasty. I just walk right back to my vomit. I'm being very visual here. And I'm like, oh, that's, I don't want to go there. I, don't, I, doubt, I was dead to that. Why am I doing this? Or... Is it sweet? I'm like, oh, God, that's so good. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to respond. And so what things are causing reactions in your life? Those are things you're probably stuck in bondage to. Like I said, my life used to be full of it. React, 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 react. Until I learned to start walking by the Spirit. And now more and more, it's respond, respond, respond. And so I want to tell you today, freedom isn't just this one and done kind of thing. 
Freedom takes effort. <laughs> it takes effort to be free. You know, some of you know this, but Thursday I'm going to have a hip replacement. And I was talking to the doctor. I'm talking about rehab, what that's going to look like. And he said, the hardest part of rehab is not the exercises. It's learning how to walk straight again. Because for many years, you've been walking with a limp, and you have to unlearn how to walk with a limp. And when he told me that, I'm like, that'll preach, brother. <laughs> because many of us, we've been cured, we've been healed, we've been set free, but yet we're still walking with a limp because we haven't unlearned how to walk that way. And many of us need to learn how to walk with the Spirit because many of us, we're saved, we're set free, but we're still walking with the flesh. And so we need to learn how to walk in the spirit. It's, 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 it's something you have to do. It's something you have to work out with God. It's something you have to internalize and say, okay, God, why am I acting this way? Why am I reacting this way? What is causing me to, to do this? Why am I running back to this again? Why, why am I doing this? And so you ask the Lord, Lord, show me. It's simple. It's a simple prayer. Lord, show me. Show me why I'm running back to this thing. Why am I running back to this cake? <laughs> Why am I running back to this screen? Why am I running back to this drink? Why am I running back to this person? Why do I keep running back? God, what is missing in my life? What am I tied to? What's the bondage in my life? And God will show you. He'll say, you know what your problem is? <laughs> the flesh is saying that this is going to make you happy. The flesh is saying that this is going to fulfill something. The flesh is saying that this is going to fill a gap in your whole, in, in your life. But the Spirit is saying, you're already made whole. You don't need anything. The Spirit's saying that you don't need that drink. Be filled with me. The Spirit is saying, you don't need that food. I am the food you need. See, this is what the Spirit does. He teaches us to respond with the, with the things of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. But it's a process. We must always be asking Jesus, what am I being tied to? What am I being bound to? Maybe when you bump up against those reactions, you need to be asking him, maybe there's a stronghold in my life that needs to be torn down. <laughs> maybe there's some unforgiveness that needs to be released. Maybe you did all these exercises, but there's still a couple of people that you haven't really forgiven. Or maybe you forgot about them and God will bring them to your memory. Like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. I need to forgive him because that's still weighing on my soul. Maybe there's a soul tie that needs to be undone. Maybe there's something affecting you from a generational iniquity and you need to break it. Maybe you have an open door that allowed a demon to oppress you. You need to kick him out and shut the door. See, this is an ongoing process. You might have done all the exercises that we did and you think you're good and you're free, but I'm telling you, there's still things that you got to undo. There's still a walk in your life that you have to do. This is just walking into the finished work. Of, this is learning how to walk and through the spirit. And so maybe you're in here today and you, you, had, you didn't listen to any of this stuff. And maybe you're in here today going, man, I'm dealing with all this stuff. I, I would challenge you to go back and listen to every one of these teachings in, these seri in this series, in, this, in these episodes of Free by Fall. You can go on YouTube. You can go on Facebook. You can, you can find them. And walk through the exercises and, and, and learn to get free. Learn to not let anything bind you, not to let anything chain you, 
but that you learn to be chained to Jesus who gives life, who gives hope, who gives liberty. And so maybe there's these things in your life that you need to go back and work on. How do you stay free? You constantly are evaluating your life. And you don't evaluate it by looking at all the things wrong, because that's what we tend to do. You evaluate it by looking at what God wants to do and all the things right. I, I want you to, I want to close with this word from Hebrews chapter 12. It's one of my favorite scripture passages. Because here's the key to picking all this together. Here's the key to walking in the spirit. Here's the key as Paul or the writer in Hebrews, there's some theologians who want to argue who wrote this, but in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, therefore, we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. These are all the people that have gone before us. Before chapter 12, there's chapter 11, which is we, we name as the hall of faith. It talks about all the people that God used to bring forth Jesus Christ and to set us free. And then because of all these people that have gone before us, who have laid the way for us, it's like they're in heaven looking at us, cheering us on. Because there's this huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. God has called us to walk in freedom, not to walk in bondage. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. When we walk in the flesh, we sin. And let us run with endurance the race God has set out before us. Each and every one of you today, God has set a race out before you. Your own personal walk with him. And he goes, we do this. This is how we do it. This is how we get rid of all that stuff. This is how we, how we push on. This is how we get in there. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You know why people get tripped up? Because they take their eyes off Jesus. They start looking around for what people, other people are doing and they get caught up and they start walking towards them. Oh, what's this person doing? I'm going to start doing what they do. They start looking at their past and go, man, oh, I can't get past this. And anybody who's ever ran a race, you know this. The moment you look back, you lose. Because you lose momentum. And you lose speed. And you get in your head. You need to keep pressing on toward the goal. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be sin-focused. Be Christ-focused. And here's where people get stuck. And I'm preaching. I'm sorry. We're good. We still got lots of time. Here's where people get stuck. You get so caught up in not sinning that you never live for him. You know, am I sinning? Is this wrong? People come to me, is it really sin to do this? Or, or you know, what does God really say about this? I'm say, you're asking the wrong question. You should be going, God, what do you want me to do? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. Don't be sin-focused, be Christ-focused. And I'm guarantee you, the more you're Christ-focused, the less this is going to happen because you're learning to walk in step with the Spirit. And you start responding with all the goodness of God. You start responding to your wife with some kindness, with some gentleness. You start responding to your workmates with some gentleness. You start learning to have some patience with people. You start learning to have some patience with yourself and with God. You learn how to be more self-disciplined. Like, I don't need that. God's got what I need. I don't need to chase after things because I'm chasing after Jesus. And so today, I, want, I just want you to know, don't give up. Don't give in. 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Can you bring that passage back up real quick? Because I want to finish it. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I love that. Jesus started it in you. He's going to see it done. It doesn't matter if you've fallen down a hundred times. It doesn't matter if you went back to the pig pen. Jesus is going to see it done. All you got to do is turn back to him. He's going to see it done. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus paid it all for you. He gave his life for you so that you can walk in liberty and freedom. He gave his life for you that you may know him. Today, you may not know Jesus. Today, you've maybe never given your life to him. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, when he's reading that list off, that's me. All this stuff marks my life. I'm telling you, there's freedom available to you through Christ Jesus. You just got to give him a chance. You just got to turn and see him and come to him and let him wash you clean, make you new, put his spirit inside you, and you walk in liberty for the rest of your days. But all you got to do is turn to him. That's all it takes. Scripture says, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's the confessing, but it's also the believing. If you believe it, you're going to walk it out. The confessing is just activating what's in here. So today, if that's you, I'm going to pray with you. And maybe today you've been walking in freedom and you've been walking in liberty and you're, you don't want to fall back into it, do these things. Maybe today you've gone back to the pig pen and you're walking in the flesh. You're not walking in liberty anymore. I want to remind you of a certain parable that Jesus told. It's the parable of the prodigal son. We know that in that parable, the son leaves the father. He says, I want my inheritance now. He runs off. He spends all his money or squanders it, money and squanders it. He ends up in the pig pen eating pods from the pigs, sharing the food of the pigs. And he comes to his senses and says, man, even my father's servants have it better than me. I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to beg for his forgiveness and maybe he'll just let me be a slave. And so the son heads home. The father sees the son at a distance. It says the father was looking for the son. And when the son came up, the father came running to him. He embraced him. And the son thought that he was going to be a slave. His son, his son thought that there was going to be anger in his eyes. The son thought that his father was going to disown him and not have anything to do with him. But it was quite the opposite. The father embraced him, put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger saying, you're, my, you're in my family. Put shoes on his feet. You're welcome in my house. And that's what he wants to do with you today. You're no longer a slave. I love this song. You're a child of God. We got to walk in it. Amen. Would you stand with me? Father God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this series. God, it has been amazing what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for the liberty that you've given to us. Pray, I pray, God, that we would walk in the authority of Jesus Christ that we would not go back to the things that hold us captive, that we would not labor in vain, but God, that we would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the one who initiates and perfects our faith.
Lord, let us walk in your ways. Let us keep our eyes on you. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in your mighty, beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So before I let you go, thank you. If there's anyone in here today who's never given your life to Jesus, I don't want to close this service out without giving the opportunity. I just want you to raise your hand. There's going to be no judgment in here. I just want to recognize you. I want to pray for you. Anybody at all. We don't want, we don't want to leave anybody. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. That's good. Father God, I thank you for my brother here. He says, I want to know Jesus. I want to give my life to him fully. Lord, I pray that, that he would come to you. Father, I pray that he would know you. I pray that he, as he stepped into faith, just by raising his hand, saying, I believe. I believe. Lord, that he would confess you as Lord and Savior of his life. Lord, that we would all walk in freedom, that we'd all walk in liberty, that you would send your spirit deep inside my brother, and that he would walk in freedom all the rest of his life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Before I let you go, we have a video I want you to watch because we've changed some things up with Kids Church. And so Pastor Ryan's going to kind of walk you through it so there's no confusion. All right? So go and watch the video. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hey, let me talk to y'all a little bit about how we're going to do check-in and check-out. First, you'll come through those double doors there and walk your child over into this direction. Come on, follow me. This way, into this hallway, to where the check-in station is, right over here. Here is where you'll do your self-check-in. If you know your code, you know what to do, go ahead and punch it in into this tablet in the self-check-in area. Here is where you do a check-in with the check-in desk. There should be a check-in person here. They'll help you and guide you through that. Or if it's your first time, you can come to the visitor check-in, fill that out, and check in with the check-in person. Once your kid is checked in, you'll get a sticker that says their name. They're gonna put that sticker on their shirt. You're gonna take your parent sticker and put that in your pocket. That will stay with you. They'll go through this door here and down that hallway to the kids' church if they're K through sixth, or they'll go down this hallway to one of the other classrooms it's really dark for, and scary. <laughs> for nursery. <laughs> then, come follow me, because this is how checkout's going to go. Once you are ready for checkout, checkout's going to be a one flow, one direction. Once you come in through these double doors here, you'll check your child out, if they're K through 6, right here at these double doors. Show one of us, one of the leaders, a your parent sticker that you picked up at check-in. And then you'll take your child and go out this direction. Follow me. You'll go down this hallway. And if you only have K through 6, you'll take your child, go out this door, and then out the outside gate. 
to go ahead and show you now. You'll follow this path and go out that gate there and then out into the parking lot and bye, thanks for coming. If you have a child that is in nursery or pre-K, you'll pick up your child from here and then same process, go out the same door and out the gate. And that is our checkout system. I've been Ryan and thanks for watching. Okay. I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. That's way too early. So uh, I do. I did forget to talk to you about one thing today. I did want to give you a building project update if you want to hear about that. I know some of you are like, oh, yeah, we've been giving to that. I don't see anything going on. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, and so I wanted to give you an update. So what we're going to do is we're moving forward with it. And so every last Sunday of the month, uh, moving forward will be Bridge the Gap Sunday. So Bridge the Gap is, is the building project uh, name that we gave it because we're bridging the gap between these two buildings. We're also bridging the gap in the community. And so the plan is to connect these two buildings together uh, to make more space in here so we can go and knock these walls out, have more space in here. Uh, you come at the 9 o'clock, you're like, oh, there's still some space. The 11 o'clock is full. We're having to bring in chairs. There was almost 50 kids, I think, last Sunday. So it was a mess over there. It's a good thing, right? These are good things. But with, with growth, we need more space. And so uh, it's getting more urgent as the day goes on. And we've been trying to get this thing gone for about a year and a half now. And we just keep bumping up against things. Um, a lot of the issues is, I'm just going to be transparent with you, is both of these buildings were built in the 90s and codes have changed. And so we're having to bring both these buildings up to code because we're connecting the buildings together. Uh, we're having to, to fix some drainage issues uh, to get things up to code. And so we're having to do all this stuff that's like, well, we don't want to have to do all that. We just want to put a building between here. So we're having to do all this stuff, which is added to the cost quite substantially, uh, close to half a million dollars. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and so that's kind of slowed the process down a little bit. And so we're, we're reevaluating uh, what we're going to do, how big the building is going to be. But we still need to add for growth. But we also need to build the building in such a way that we can expand when needs come. So we don't want to lock ourselves in as well. So we're kind of going back to the drawing board as far as the building is concerned on what we can do to move forward and keep costs low. Uh, and so with that, that's where we're at with the building project. We want to get started as soon as possible, but we want to do this as economically as possible. Uh, we do have a line of credit, but we'd rather not tap into it. Uh, scripture says that the borrower is slave to the lender, right? And so we don't want to be a slave to anybody and we want to pay for this as much as we can out of pocket. And so we've been able to save uh, a, quite a bit of money, about $120,000 in the last year and a half. And so this is, this is money that, that we've kind of been saving and cutting corners and not really cutting corners, but you know, uh, and, and doing things to make sure that we have money to, to do this. And so I'm going to ask every, every last Sunday, just the last Sunday of the month, unapologetically, for everyone to give uh, towards this project. And so as we go on through the months, I'm going to give you more and more updates every month about it. And so uh, it's a good problem. It's a good problem to have, right? But the building should serve the people, not the other way around. And so we don't want to have so much debt that we can't do ministry. And so we're walking into this. Uh, with wisdom and knowledge, and we're asking God to lead us in this. And, you know, whatever God does, God does. And so 
I'm asking you to partner with us on that. So if you want to start giving to that today, you can go online. There's a, there's a little uh, tab that says Bridge the Gap. You can start giving to Bridge the Gap. You can pledge to Bridge the Gap. I'm going to give you more opportunities to give as the year goes on. But I believe that we can do this. Like God is good. And so many of us, I think we're looking at our neighbor going, maybe they got the $500,000, right? But I'm telling you, it's all here. It's just in everybody's pockets, right? Uh, and I think we don't think that, well, my little $5 will matter. I want to tell you a sweet story before I let you go. So, Casey, can I talk about your daughter? Is that okay? Okay. So sweet Shaylin, if you know her, she, her mom comes up. She gives me this little bag of change. And she goes, she was really worried about you because you're worried about the building project and how much it costs, and she wanted to contribute. And so this little bag of money is in my office. I'll put it in the say, I'll put it where it needs to go. But it's a reminder that we all can make a difference. She took all the change she had, I think it was like $27.33. And she gave it and she said, I want to help this building. Now, if a little girl can give her change, right? We can all make a difference, and it takes everybody, all right? So, okay, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you, Lord, for this building. I know we can't see it yet, but it's there. Thank you, God, for the growth. Thank you, God, for the people that are coming and being set free, that they're walking in freedom, they're walking in liberty. God, they're finding hope in you. God, let us not just be a presence in this community, but, God, a force in this community. Father, thank you for these people. Let them walk in liberty. Let them walk in the Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now you can go.